0: Place things in front of us that will literally destroy us. Jesus says it like this Jesus said, I, I've come to give you life and a full and meaningful life, but I'm going to tell you there is a thief that has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Those are hard words. I mean, his mission is to kill, his mission is to steal, and his mission is to destroy. And I think sometimes we hear that as a child, a teenager, and we, and we, we listen to that with some, uh, we're somewhat naive. We somewhat think that, well, maybe, maybe it's not that extreme, but it is exactly that. So I look at Ephesians chapter 6 this morning, verse 10 and on, and, and we see that we're in a battle, and we see that God has given us the ability to fight this battle. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, we are gonna fight. We're gonna stand and we're gonna wage war against the devil. I'm reminded of a story. My my I grew up with a younger brother. He's three years younger than me. Um I'm five foot. I used to say eleven, but I think it's more nine. I don't know. I stick with eleven. I like that better. But anyway, if I wear boots, okay, let's go there. Uh but uh my brother's six foot four, he's Big old guy but and so is my dad I don't I, I got the other gene um, the good looking genes. what I got but no, okay so anyway so th- they're they're big guys and but when we were younger, I mean, I loved it because I wore my brother out. I mean, we fought all the time before MMA was popular. We, we, we did MMA. You know what I'm saying? We were wrestling all the time. I had a great move. I mean, it got to the point where I just toy with him. You know, I, I'd let him pin me because I'm like, oh, when he pins me, he thinks in his head, oh, he's got me. And then I would wrap my leg around his throat and throw him to the ground. It was awesome, you know? So it'd just be this, you know, this vicious thing. And my dad got tired of seeing that, you know, it's because you always want to root for the under. Dog anyway, so one day he decides, well, I'm going to go buy some boxing gloves for these boys, and I'm going to teach them how to box. So, so he did just that. We got boxing gloves, and so we're wearing each other out. And again, you know, I mean, I mean, I can't go MMA on him, but I can go Sugar Ray on him. I can wear him out. You know, I just be pounding that head. And so we're we're doing that. My dad's like Billy, or or actually, he said Bobby. And yes, I mean, yeah, I've told you all that before. We're kind of rednecks, Billy and Bobby. But anyway, uh, so he he gets the boxing gloves from my brother Bobby, and he says, give me those things. And he puts them on, and I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> but I'm a little cocky, like, you know, because I think, oh, I got moved, you know, because I've been wh- whooping on this kid that's three years younger than me. And then my dad, in one fell swoop, we I'll never forget, we were standing in the living room of our house, and... Uh, there's there's a stairway that goes up into the bedroom, so I'm like, you know, I get in position, you know, thinking, okay, let's do this, and just he takes this uppercut and he hits me like somewhere, chest, chin, and literally I'm standing at the foot of the stairs. I go about four steps up, like I'm like my rear end hits, boom, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm done, <laughs> I'm out, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore, uh, and all of a sudden I realize. Whoa, okay, that, that's an opponent. You know, that's that's somebody that I can't even contend with, can't even begin to. You know, and he, he really put me in my place fast. I look at this passage this morning and I think, man, I'm in the same kind of battle. You know, there, there are little victories that maybe I have sometimes, but, you know, maybe that's just <laughs> little demons that are running around doing their thing, their little things, or maybe it's just my flesh. But there are times that Satan gets a hold of me and wars against me and, and I know that he is an adversary. He's a worthy opponent. Now, I know people say, well, we give him power, and that is a true statement, and we'll get there. But I don't think that we need to be foolish enough to think that this adversary that we fight against isn't a real adversary and that he doesn't have power because he does. He is an enemy that, like we said a moment ago, His goal, his mission is our demise. Any way you look at it, think about it. You want joy in your life? What does he want to do? Bring turmoil. He's going to take joy away. He don't want you to have joy. you, You want there to be peace in your life? No way. We're going to end that right now. You're not going to have peace. You're going to go through hell on earth. Because I'm going to go through hell for all eternity. So I'm going to make you as miserable as I can make you. You want to do well financially? You can forget it. Because I'm going to do everything in, the, in my power to destroy you. You can look all through the life. You Think about relationships. I mean, Satan says, hey, we say, man, I want this relationship to be good, to go well, things to, to be right. And say, Satan looks at it and he goes, no, I'm going to do something different for you. Look at this passage. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so we will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes... If we can this morning, I'd just love to just break down this. So we have one of uh, the mighty men of faith actually in prison. We have a man that is in bonds, that he's in chains, And he is writing this letter to us. He is writing this letter to the church of Ephesus, encouraging them to keep on fighting. He says to them a final word. I've got one more thing. I've written this wonderful letter. I've talked to you about how to treat people. I've talked to you about how to live a relationship as husband and wife. I've talked to you about spiritual warfare. But I just want to say this one more time, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. There is a source of strength that we can tap into this morning that overcomes everything. Let me say that again. There is a source of strength this morning that we can tap into that overcomes all things in our life. There's a source of strength that pushes us forward. There's a source of strength that lifts us up. There's a source of strength that guides us, and that is found in God Himself. So it says, be strong in the Lord. The first thing I'd say to us this morning, a lot of times we're trying to be strong in our talents, our abilities, our gifts. We're trying to be strong in and of ourselves. But the Bible says and makes very clear that you and I need to be strong in the Lord. In other words, we need to tap into him and say, okay, God, I'm drawing from your strength, your might, what you're able to do. Think about the strength of the Lord. We can see it just in the cross of Calvary. We can see the Son of the Most High God humble himself in in, in an incredible way, and we can see him live this life in this body. But when we get to Golgotha, that's incredible stuff, where a man is beaten to the point of death. He's beaten to the point where you can't even recognize that he is a man. They throw this this large piece of wood on his shoulders, and they say, go, buddy, because you're going to carry this all the way to your death and demise. I mean, he gets he gets so tired and weak. Finally, the guards have to grab somebody else and say, "You carry this for him." He can't make it. He slides and crawls onto that cross and he gives up his life for me and you. You look at this passage right here and it says, "Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Jesus is strong even in death. You think about the the truth of what happened three days later. Jesus Christ rises victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Be strong in his mighty power. There's nothing that can hold him back. And then it says, here's how I want you to do it. I want you to put on all of God's armor put it all on. Not not a portion of it. I want you to take it all and I want you to put it on so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen worlds. You know, it's hard is it hard for you guys to remember that sometimes that our enemy is not people. Because people really sometimes really get on our nerves, right? <laughs> they, they do. Um, I get on my own nerves. Um, there are moments that you just look at that person and you're like, I know you're my enemy. <laughs> There's no doubt that you are the person that I have a problem with. But in this passage here, it says that our enemies are not flesh. They're not flesh and blood. What are they? They're principalities, powers, mighty powers in this dark world. And those are the things that we wrestle against. So again, he says, put on the whole armor of God. I love how it says it in verse 13. It actually says, put on every piece. So let's break that down. So it says, first here in verse 14, it says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. The first thing it says is, I want you to put on the belt. That's going to hold everything together and everything up. And what is that? Truth. Who is truth? Jesus said it in John chapter 14. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is truth. In this society that we live in where people, they don't even believe in absolute truth any longer. A society we live in that thinks that truth is only relative to our situation. But Jesus is truth. We can't deviate from his truth. If he says it's wrong, it's wrong. If he says it's right, it's right. If he says go there, go there. If he says stay away from that, stay away from that. And that is truth. Now, I mean, we look at Scripture and there are things that we scratch our head and maybe there's there's areas that we go, well, man, that's a gray area. But if we just simply look at the principles of God, then there are no gray areas. There are even areas in our Christian walk, in our life, that we struggle with, with what's right and wrong. What do I do in this situation? But I can tell you this, we can take two commandments that Jesus said and we can sum everything up and we can identify whether we should or should not do something. That is this, Jesus said, you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So if there's something in your life that's preventing you from doing that, don't do it. And then says, love your neighbor as yourself. And if there's something that keeps your neighbor from coming to Christ, if there's something that is causing your neighbor to fall, if there's something that you're doing that, that hinders that relationship, then keep it out. That is truth. And he says, hey, I want you to put on that truth. I want you to put it on and leave it on. It says then, stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. I mean, I I, I, uh, I, probably used the word self-righteous the last two years more than I ever have because of my own particular sins and my own shortcomings and my own failures and just feeling like sometimes there's been a lot of judgment, you know, sent my way. And so, man, I will just get all mad and I'll just say, look at those self-righteous people. I've counseled people for years, and I, I used to not understand it. When I counsel like uh, uh, somebody that had an addiction to drugs or somebody that had an addiction to alcohol, and they're like, "Man, I don't want to go up there to, to church." I'm like, "Why?" Because all those people they're just they're self righteous. They 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 look at me and they look down on me, and they act as if they're holy and they're righteous. And and so this right here says, "Hey, don't put on your righteousness." Don't put on all the things that you don't do and, and all the things that make you feel good about yourself. Don't, don't put that on because it says in the Word of God, all that righteousness is as filthy rags. It's, it's good for nothing. But it says put on the righteousness of God. What is the righteousness of God? It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus applied to our life that washes mine and your sins away. That makes us pure and holy. That justifies us. And in justifications, what what is that? It's just as if you had never sinned. The only way you and I are righteous is because what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. That doesn't mean that we don't strive to do good. That doesn't mean that every day we don't get up and we go, Okay, how can I live a better life for you, God? Because we got to do it. But not one of us in this room earned salvation. Not one of us in this room earn a relationship with God Almighty. He chose to have one with you. And he loves you. And he's chosen to forgive you. He's chosen to call you his own. So that armor that protects us, let it be his righteousness, not yours. I think it's funny, you know, in um, the King James, it says the breastplate of righteousness have you ever seen somebody that is a little self-righteous? It's, it's kind of like that guy that's been to the gym like twice, and all of a sudden he's like, yeah. You know, he's just walking around like that. He's just, got, he's just bowing his chest out all the time, and it's just... And that, that's what it is when you and I are self-righteous. We, we stand different. We, our, our, our body language communicates something But when we stand in the righteousness of God, there's humility. It's like Isaiah said, you know, I look at God and and it's like coals of fire on my tongue when I see the righteousness of God and who He is and the holiness that, you know, comes out from Him. There's no way that I can stand like, oh, yeah, look at me, because I didn't do anything. So I look at this passage, and maybe I'm reading more into it than I I should, but I don't think so. I think that we need to put on the belt of truth, and we need to put on the breastplate or the body armor of God's righteousness. And we need to let that protect us. We need to let that hold us together. When we start to deviate from God's way, we go, hey, is that truth? And then that's holding us together. When we start doing things that are not righteousness, is that God's righteousness? Then we don't do it. And then our chest, our our, our heart is protected. As we go on to read, it says, For the shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. I used to struggle with this. i have been like... Shoes, that just seems like the wimpiest piece of armor there is. You know what I'm saying? I just, shoes. But I look at that, and it's just, it's the thing that moves us forward, backwards. It's the thing that that moves us, right? So what should motivate us? What should move us in this life? The gospel. What should get us up every morning and get us to put our shoes on? The gospel. What should have us walk out the door of our house? The gospel. What should have us walk into our place of employment or our schools? The gospel. And what should we be carrying with that? The peace that's found in the gospel. And so Paul is writing here and he's saying, hey, put it on and go and share the gospel. Go and share and let people know the good news that Jesus Christ loves them. When Satan fights against you, you remember, hey, this is what motivates me, and this protects me and keeps me going. What do shoes do? They protect our feet. I don't know if you've ever had a foot injury, but man, if your foot is injured, (laughs) it, it is just hard to get around, right? It's hard to go where you need to go. I, I, I've had, like, an ingrown toenail before, and I'm like, stay away from my feet. You know what I'm saying? Don't touch nothing. Like, get away from me. You know, in football, you can get a turf toe, and it's like, whoo. You know, you, you don't want to do anything after that. I'm going to tell you right now, we need to protect the gospel in our life so that we can keep moving forward. We don't need to forget what mission God has put us on this planet for. And we need to move forward with the gospel. Verse 16, it says, In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. You know, Satan, he is firing things at us each and every day. Well, I And mean, I don't know if that's a true statement. I mean, that sounds right. Maybe he's making efforts and he's positioning himself. Maybe not every day are we getting shot at. But there are definitely moments where he says, today's the day. We're going to fire at them today. I'm going to throw some things at them today that they're not going to be able to handle. I'm going to put some things in their path, and I'm going to blow them up. I'm going to attack in a way that it destroys them. And if it doesn't destroy them, it gets them running. If it doesn't get them running... Then at least makes them hide in fear. But I'm going to attack. And so here it says we need to hold up the shield of faith, meaning I got to believe God more than I do this attack. I got to believe that my Father is going to protect me in the midst of this. I got to know He's got my back. And so faith is important. Believing in that thing that you can't see. And believing it in such a way that it, it motivates you to go on. Believing it in such a way that it, it holds you together when everything else is pulling you apart. Believing God in such a way that, that you don't stop. That you just, if you can't do anything else, you at least stand in that faith, and say, "I'm here because he put me here, and he will continue to protect me, but we put up the shield now in Paul's day, their shield it wasn't like you know a lot of times we see like the shields off three hundred or some of those little round circular shield, but most likely we're talking about Roman shields. We're talking about these incredibly long shields that hit the ground and they're protected i I also just want to say. That if, if he's talking about a military force, if he's talking about putting on the whole armor of God, not only did those shields protect them as individuals, but when the, when, when the armies would come together, their shields were actually made where they linked together. So they had shields in front of them to their side, over their head, and they were protected from the fiery arrows. They could go into battle and they could march together. They could lock their shields together. They could place them over their heads. They could place them in front of them. And when the arrows are fired, they're protected. In this passage, that's what it's telling us today. That we need to protect ourselves with a shield of faith. You and I together need to believe this truth and we need to live in it. And we need to fight this battle together. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So then he lists two more things. He says, hey, I want you to put on the helmet of salvation. You remember that God has saved you. You know, a lot of times we read that and we think we're Baptist or, well, I don't know, I was raised Baptist. But anyway, we have a Baptist mentality or whatever background we're from, a church mentality where it's talking about salvation. Like, oh, I prayed that prayer in vacation Bible school. I asked Jesus in my heart and uh, I got baptized and that's salvation. But it's talking about salvation like we were, we were falling off a cliff and God rescued us. It's talking about salvation as if we were drowning in the ocean and God threw us a lifeline. So you put on that helmet of salvation that God didn't save you to destroy you. He saved you for you to live. So you put that on and you let that guard your mind in every thought process, process that you have because this enemy, what's his mission? To steal, kill, and destroy But what has God done? He set us free. He saved us from death itself. And he is meaning for you and I to have a purposeful life. So put that on. Don't forget that. When everything else is screaming in your mind, when your health is, is, you're going down and you're struggling, you put on the helmet of salvation. And you say, no, God is here to protect me. And he's going to see me through this. Remember And the last thing is the weapon of defense or offense. It says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Take it and fight against the devil. uh, I've been struggling, you know, and and, and it's it's a struggle sometimes to get up here and lead worship because I'm human like the rest of you guys. There's just battles. There's things that happen every day in my life that I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how to make it through it. I had somebody ask me the other day, say, like, Billy, how much are you reading the Word right now? And then, you know, I have to self-evaluate and go, okay, how much time am I spending in the Word? Because that seems like a good churchy answer, right? It's like, oh, you're struggling right now getting the Word. Memorize the scripture. But the truth is we need it. We need God's Word in our life. We need God's Word so when Satan comes at us, we've got a way to fight against him. Times that I've felt the strongest, times that I've felt like I am an overcomer, are times that I've been in God's Word, reading it every day. Because it's amazing how you can read this Word, and you can read a passage one day, and then you can read it two years later, and it'll fit the situation that you're in then, and it'll fit the situation that you're in now. And it'll direct you. Because the Word is referred to as the living Word. It's alive. Matter of fact, it says in John chapter 1 that Jesus is the Word. So when we read the Word, we're taking in Jesus. We're taking in His thoughts, His mindset, His actions. We're taking in His guidance when we read the Word. And it helps us fight. And it is a sword that can cut through bone and marrow. And so we take in God's Word. We do all of that to kind of back up and read in verse 12. It says, For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities, like I read a moment ago, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of the battle. We put on this armor so we can resist We put on this armor so we can fight. We we put on this armor so that when the time comes and the battle's happening, we can fight this battle well. Then after the battle, you will stand or still be standing firm. Verse 14, stand your ground. Stand your ground. You and I are in a battle and it's time that we put on the armor of God so that we can stop retreating and we can actually fight this battle well. I'll end with a story. There's, there's a group of soldiers, uh, warriors, that, and they were called dog soldiers. And what they would do is they had a spear and they had some type of rope or something tied to their leg and to the spear, and they would stab it into the ground. And that radius in which they were tied to that spear, that was theirs. And there was no way they were going to move. They were locked into their spot. This is where I fight. This is where I stand. This is where I die. And they fight a fight or a battle in that manner. Somehow we've got to come to that place in our faith where we say, this is where I stand. And I'm fighting right here for what I believe in. Now, sometimes we hear that and we think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight against people that I disagree with. I'm going to fight against different lifestyles. And I'm going to fight against, you know, liberal or conservative or Republican or Democrat. I'm going to fight against that teacher that's doing something to my child, or I'm going I'm to stand against that ball. So we, we go, man, I'm throwing that stake in the ground. No, our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is Satan himself. Principalities, powers, things in wicked high places that we cannot see, but we are fighting them, and we've got to stand. There is a battle raging around us. And we've got to fight that battle. And we've got to fight it well. Now this morning, I don't know how that translates for you. I don't know what your battle is. I don't know what it is that you're going through. I don't know. But I know that God has asked me to preach this this morning for me to be reminded, but for somebody in this room, to be reminded that you need to put on the armor of God again. You need to get up. And you need to put on the truth. You need to get up and put on that righteousness. You need to get up and put on those shoes of the gospel. You need to put on that helmet of salvation. You need to take that sword of the Spirit in one hand and that shield in the, shield of faith in the other. And you need to fight this battle and fight it well for Him. Can I just say, God will fight with you. He will fight for you. He will strengthen you in the midst of this. Let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.